This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Rodgers to the end zone. Caught for the touchdown. James Jones. I'm not a big gambler. I only play the slots. Because you know what they say. Scared money don't make money. And I got scared money. Bears going to throw. Pumps. Looks end zone. Throws for the end zone. Wide open. James Jones. John Gruden has not coached since 2008. So what makes you believe that he is the guy to take this franchise to the next level? You know, and it's just Kelly Swag. What's up, y'all? This is Keeping It 300. I'm Fallon Smith. Our guy, James Jones, is going to join us a little bit later in the show. He's tied up in a meeting right now, but he is going to give us 10 minutes of his time. And you're going to want to listen to that because he's definitely going to keep it 300. He's a friend of Antonio Brown's, but he does have some strong opinions about what went down. Now, with that said, I cannot believe that I am doing another episode. This is the third episode this week, second bonus episode in the last couple of days because with the Raiders, something is always happening and we couldn't go 24 hours without some new Antonio Brown drama. Antonio Brown is no longer a Raider. He is now a New England Patriot. I can't even believe I'm saying this. I don't know about you, Raider Nation, but I have a headache. Like, I'm not even just being dramatic. I literally have a massive headache because of all this drama. It was so hard to keep up with. It was so hard to wrap your mind around it. It is so hard to explain. The dictionary does not have a word for what actually went down in the last few days with Antonio Brown and the Raiders. Disaster, maybe, is the closest? Yeah. This was a disaster. I also like the word hot mess. Um, That's what I tweeted earlier today because I said, so can the NFL suspend or fine AB for conduct detrimental to the league as a whole? Like asking for a friend, you know what I'm saying? Seriously though, this is a hot mess. The league probably actually likes this because they like the attention, but this is indescribable. So I'm going to try my best to to piece this all together. Maybe this is going to be a therapy session for you guys because this might be a therapy session actually just for me to get my thoughts out there, to get on a soapbox and tell you all my feelings and my thoughts about this whole crazy situation. So I think it's safe to say John Gruden's return to the NFL hasn't gone so well. From last year's drama before the season with Khalil Mack, then you got midseason trades with Amari Cooper, um, obviously a losing season. Then everything's turning around. Oh my goodness, they got Antonio Brown. Everybody's excited. Then, nope, you don't got Antonio Brown. Nope, he was a problem. Shocker? Not really. 
as a Raider fan, you wanted it to work, right? You did. Instead, it's another moment in Raiders franchise history that the Raiders and their fans would like to forget. And now you look back, the last six months, everything that you went through the last six months, defending Antonio Brown, all the off-season workouts, him building chemistry with Carr, just everybody accepting him, standing by his side, defending him through the helmet issues, the frostbitten feet issue, through all of that, it was all for nothing. All for nothing. You can't make this stuff up. You really can't. And I said this on the last podcast, and seriously, I I mean it. The Raiders just can't have nice things. They can't. Don't know why. It's mind-blowing. Only this type of stuff happens to the Raiders and their fans. And Raider fans are so loyal. It just seems so unfair. The Raiders are really the crazy girlfriend and crazy boyfriend who we love that does us dirty, says they're going to change, but they don't. We forgive them. They do the same thing over and over, say it's going to get better, and it never does. And it just becomes a vicious cycle. But we're still in it. But we still keep coming back. They drive us crazy, but we still keep coming back. They literally drove me crazy today. I couldn't even enjoy the Mizzou football game. I was on my phone the entire time, looking at tweets, reading articles, calling my parents, calling friends, texting friends. Everybody was just shocked, in disbelief. Antonio Brown, you put a damper in my Saturday. Okay, thanks. Thanks a lot. (laughs) And just like most of you guys... I woke up this morning thinking everything was good, right? With AB and the Raiders, right? That all the drama was finally behind them. Just like AB said, just like Gruden said, and just like his teammates told the media on Friday. But just the day before, when I recorded the last podcast, the status with AB was what? He had just gotten into an altercation with his general manager, Mike Mayock, It all stemmed from a $54,000 fine for missing a walkthrough and a practice, right? So all the reports come out about the Raiders suspending Antonio Brown, that he's not going to play Monday night football. But then the next day, as I mentioned, everything was all good. AB gave an emotional apology to his team about the incident with Mike Mayock. The player said he was genuine. And now we can all move on and play football. Oh, I was so naive to think this was even possible. And a large part of it was because of what the players said on Friday. So take a listen to what Carl Joseph, Jalen Richard, and Ryan Grant told the media just Friday, less than 24 hours before he was cut. Apologize for what he did and, um, you know, um, and explain that he wanted to be here with the team. And, you know, and we accepted that. Oh, it was sincere. It was definitely sincere. You could tell he was coming from the heart. heart. Every word that he spoke was thoughtful. Um, and then we got up there behind him and, you know, expressed uh, our captains got up there and expressed how they felt uh, along with them. So, uh, we, again, we're very excited, man, to, again, have him out there on the field with us and uh, just to get this all behind us. Whatever happened a couple days ago, you know, it is what it is. You know, we're a family. You know, families argue, you know, they gripe, but all good vibes around here. (sighs) That didn't age well. 
not even 24 hours later, he is cut from the team. Not even 24 hours later. So how did we get to this point? Well, the night of that apology, right? So Friday, he apologized. That night, he posted a video on his Instagram. And it looked like a Nike ad, really. It was very well produced. He always has like a videographer following him around everywhere. And underneath the video, the sound that was playing was a phone conversation between John Gruden and Antonio Brown. And obviously, it was a personal conversation that I'm sure Gruden didn't want to get out. But clearly, he's going to have his back, you know, that night. So a report came out. Yeah, Gruden said the video was amazing, right? And he didn't care. But let's be honest, he definitely cared. It was about him saying, you know, you're the most misunderstood guy in the league. You're my favorite guy. What the F's going on? Come on, play football, etc. John Gruden clearly, you know, playing the good cop, as we mentioned, kissing his butt, etc. Now, after that video, you're like, okay, it's just A-B being A-B. It's all gravy. Okay, if Gruden doesn't care about it, we don't care about it. It's just A-B being A-B. Then everybody wakes up to what? Antonio Brown asking for a release. And his caption said, I have worked my whole life to prove that the system is blind to see talent like mine's. First of all, it's talent like mine. Anyway, now that everyone sees it, they want me to conform to that same system that failed me all those years. I'm not mad at anyone. I'm just asking for freedom to prove them all wrong. Release me, Raiders. Hashtag no more. Uh, what? First of all, you say they want you to conform? No, bro. They want you to not act like an idiot. To not make everything about you. To do your job. To not be disrespectful to your bosses. I'm sorry, that's conforming? No, that's doing your job. Fulfilling your contractual obligation. But apparently... He was fined by the Raiders $215,000 for conduct detrimental to the team, which obviously I'm assuming stems from that Mike Mayock incident. And then you add on that Instagram post. So just a whole bunch of unprofessional behavior, which voided his $30 million in guaranteed money. So apparently this all happened last night or in the morning. I don't know if when he got the letter or what. I don't know when this happened. But he finds out he has this huge fine. And because it was for conduct detrimental to the team, it voids his $30 million in guaranteed money, which a lot of people already had reported the Raiders were trying to avoid paying him that $30 million, right? Now, look, I'd be mad too, right? Like, what? You ain't going to give me my guaranteed money? But guess what, Antonio? You did this to yourself. How in the world are you playing the victim here? Gruden had your back since day one, defended you multiple times, made excuses for you, gave you several chances, too many chances, actually, way too many chances. It is mind-boggling to me that he is playing the victim here. This literally could all have been avoided. All of it could have been avoided if he acted like a pro, went about his business the right way, didn't mispractice for unexcused reasons, fulfilled his contractual agreement, you know, showed up for his teammates, didn't make this about him because clearly that's all he cares about himself. 
A.B. He doesn't care about anybody else but himself. He doesn't care who he hurts along the way, who he upsets along the way. It's about him. And he's going to point the finger and blame everybody else. Blame the media, blame the coaches, blame the general manager. I don't know, maybe even blame his his teammates. Shoot, he unfollowed Derek Carr on Instagram and then uh, took a shot at the Carr brothers on Twitter today. He's going to blame everybody else instead of taking accountability, looking himself in the mirror, and understanding that it's an Antonio Brown problem, not an everybody else problem. It's a you problem, bro. And one of the things that really irks me is he's saying there's all these false narratives out there about him. Look at you are creating those narratives yourself. You're giving us all this content. Are you misunderstood and probably a good person at heart? Yeah, maybe. But look at your actions speak volumes and your actions show that you're selfish. I wanted AB to succeed. In a perfect world, he would be still on the Raiders. He would be a good teammate and an even better football player. But now he's a New England Patriot. The sad thing is the Raiders went through all of this drama without Antonio Brown playing a single snap for the team. Not a single snap. Now, Gruden said to the media Saturday after he was released, We have exhausted everything. We tried everything we could to make it work with Antonio. I am very disappointed, but very proud of this organization. Now, look, the Raiders knew what they were getting when they signed Antonio Brown, period. The question was, how would Gruden manage AB's personality, right? That was the big question. Well, what he thought would work was, let me kiss Antonio Brown's butt. Let me play the good cop and let Mike Mayock play the bad cop, right? And based on, you know, the the recorded phone call uh, and, and their interactions on Hard Knocks, that's literally what he did. He never said one time to Antonio Brown, you're in the wrong. Well, maybe we don't know of, but on camera, never said that. On Hard Knocks, we never heard it. All we heard from Gruden was, man, you're so misunderstood. You know, this is what happens when you're in the spotlight and when you're a superstar like yourself and a top talent like yourself. I feel like the only time I heard him actually say something semi-negative about Antonio Brown was early in training camp when he was missing practice and he didn't know why, I guess, or maybe he did, but he told the media that he was disappointed that he wasn't out there, but then kind of flipped the script later and was like, you know, Antonio's going through a unique situation. I've never seen anything like this before. It's very unfortunate. It's not his fault. But he always made sure to say that he had his back and that he was not a distraction. He made a point to say that week in and week out. And of course, he kept bringing it back to, let's just play football because clearly, I mean, that's what it's about. It's a production business. John Gruden wants to win. He wanted to make sure he did what he did to keep Antonio Brown on the team. It clearly didn't work. Now, Antonio Brown is a member of the New England Patriots. Bro, out of all teams that he was going to sign with, though, the Patriots, you have got to be kidding me. I mean, I'm not surprised at all, of course. That's actually the first team that I thought, you know, if he would sign with anybody, I was like, oh, my goodness, Bill Belichick is about to pick this guy up. I didn't want it to happen, clearly. And you, Raider Nation, didn't want it to happen. But, guys, it's happening. 
talk about adding salt to the wound. I was hoping that nobody would pick him up, that nobody wanted to deal with his baggage. But hello, Bill Belichick, he's all about winning. So the Patriots gave him a one-year deal worth up to $15 million with a $9 million signing bonus. Seriously, I'm going to throw up, not going to (laughs) lie. Thinking about just him being on the Patriots, I mean, Jesus. Ah! Randy Moss 2.0. Nah, but the difference, obviously, is that Randy Moss actually played for the Raiders, you know? (laughs) He actually suited up even though he didn't want to play for the Raiders, right? Anyways, so you're telling me Tom Brady now has Antonio Brown, Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon, and Demarius Thomas to throw to. You have got to be kidding me. I seriously, like, (laughs) I just can't even believe it. (sighs) Now, James on this podcast talks about respect a lot and how as a player and as a coach, you want to be respected in the league, right? And with that said, if he was going to go anywhere, it was going to be the Patriots, in my opinion. Why? Because you have the greatest coach of all time. And even though James is going to disagree with me, (laughs) you have the greatest quarterback of all time, right? And there's no way AB doesn't respect the heck out of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. I do not think there is any way he can pull the crap that he pulled at Oakland over there in New England. They are not going to stand for it at all. And if he does, clearly, he's just like the most disrespectful person on the face of the planet. Now, you know, you had a young quarterback in Derek Carr. You had John Gruden as your head coach, who's a character, and Mike Mayock, who is a first-year general manager, right? And I don't know. I don't think AB respected them enough to cool it down. Well, clearly he didn't. He didn't respect them enough to scale back his antics, his social media craziness and antics. And so, I don't know. I actually think it will work out in New England, even though it makes me want to vomit. And even though I hope it doesn't, only because, one, (laughs) not a New England Patriot fan, clearly. Uh, Two, I always feel like when you screw people over, like A.B. basically is doing to the Raiders, it all comes back to you, right? And now I'm over here like, yo, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, can we team up? I mean, what's up? You were right. You told us so. You were right the whole time. My apologies. Now let's all go after AB. <laughs> okay, that's the pettiness in me. I, I need to, after this podcast, never talk about Antonio Brown ever again. Uh, even though we're going to have to, obviously, unfortunately. Uh, I think this was... A calculated move. He wanted to be a Patriot the entire time. And once he found out that, you know, if the Raiders were going to release him and New England was interested, even though that's tampering, um, when Drew Rosenhaus found out, he probably told AB, yo, you know, you can go to a contender right now. All right, let me do something crazy and stupid so that they cut me. Actually, you know what? Let me just tell them to cut me. Hey, that will work. Clearly it worked. So I'm cutting into my own podcast, which is funny. Um, It was all set to be posted. Um, I recorded this Saturday night for a Sunday morning post. But then I woke up and saw the Chris Mortensen report uh, how this was, in fact, a calculated move, proving my theory, proving many people's theories. 
because it doesn't make sense, right? Everything that went on with AB, it's just crazy, right? But then finding out it was calculated because he wanted to be on the Patriots all makes sense. So this is what Chris Mortensen said on ESPN earlier today. Antonio Brown during the week actually sought advice from social media consultants on how he can accelerate his release from the Raiders. And this all started with him releasing the, the letter from Mike Mayock that he was being fined. He put, he put that out on social media, which led to the confrontation. Now, Drew Rosenhaus, the agent on this, said there was a robust market for, for uh, Antonio Brown. He's not lying. I checked around. There were teams seriously interested. Hey, Russell Wilson was kind of campaigning for him in Seattle because he worked with him in L.A. Uh, during the offseason at a various time. And then, yes, Cleveland Browns. Hey, John Dorsey, the general manager, he'd consider anything. But what they all found out is that this is pretty much a fait accompli on Saturday morning. As far as the Steelers go, think about this. The teams that they were kind of interested in, the Browns played Steelers twice a year in the division. Seattle plays the Steelers next week. And as far as Bill Belichick goes, he's always had an interest in Antonio Brown when he became available this offseason. He actually... He actually offered a first-round pick to the Steelers. Kevin Colbert and the Steelers wanted more, but really didn't want to trade him at all. So he basically went on and took the third and fifth from the Raiders. You piece of caca. (laughs) If you guys know what that means, most of you do, right? Man, A.B. and Drew Rosenhaus are snakes. Point blank, period. Clearly, there's no loyalty. It is all about them. I want to know when he wanted to become a Patriot, right? Obviously, this offseason, he would have loved to be a Patriot. Yeah, but he was all on board with the Raiders, at least we thought. So I'm wondering when he decided, screw this, I need to get out because I know the Patriots are going to be interested, so somehow I need to figure out a way to get cut. I mean, I feel like it was recent, and as Chris Morrison said, it started with posting Mike Mayock's letter. So did he get that letter, was pissed about getting fined, told Drew Rosenhaus that he didn't want to be on the team anymore, then they talked to a social media firm, and did they say, hey, post this letter, then get in a fight with your general manager, pretend everything's all good, but then when you get fined again, because you clearly are going to get fined for trying to fight your general manager, then post on social media, man, these guys are trying to have me conform, these guys are trying to hold me back, they don't want me to be great. I'm tired of this. La, la, la. Release me, Raiders. Release me. Was that the whole plan? Did it start this week? Or have you known for a long time you didn't want to be a Raider? I just want to know when. Because that's messed up, dude. Messed up to your teammates. Messed up to the guys you call your brother. Now I'm thinking that you're just a fake person. That you've never been real. You've never been genuine. All right, I'm going to take you back to what I recorded Saturday night. James Jones is going to join us in just a couple minutes. You don't want to miss it. As we all know, AB has a professional photographer following him like dang near every day, recording his every move, because clearly he's trying to promote his YouTube channel, I guess a lot of other things that he got going on, and also he just loves the camera. He hasn't seen a camera he doesn't like. It's all about him, remember? He loves it, loves the spotlight. Let me tell you what was the most disrespectful slap in the face move that Antonio Brown made. When I saw this, I go, okay, you're a clown. Okay, you are probably the worst human being on the face of the earth. And that's being nice. 
I'm just kidding. That's actually being dramatic, but that's how I felt at the time. So this dude posted a video on his YouTube channel about being quote unquote free when he was cut by the Raiders. It was such a punch in the gut and disrespectful. My goodness to the Raiders and their fans, his teammates, the teammates who had your back, the coach who had your back, the coach who defended you. They wanted you to play for the silver and black. I mean, you just told them that you wanted to be a Raider. You literally posted a video Friday night about you wanting to be an Oakland Raider, how you always wanted to be an Oakland Raider. What? And now when you found out you were cut, you ran, you celebrated, you were like, I'm free, I'm free. You really threw that in their face. Seriously? You thought that was funny? Just in case you didn't know how awful AB is, take a listen. They lost it. Let me see it. Look at Adam Shepard. The Raiders free! Bro. Oh, my God! Hey, he actually said something that I agreed with. God is the greatest, but uh, AB, don't be bringing God into this because I don't think he would be very happy with your actions. Now, thou shalt not judge, so I guess I shouldn't be judging. This is what this whole podcast is about. It's kind of about my opinions, though. Come on. Um, But really, I don't think he'd be okay with all the disrespect, uh, the shots you were taking at people on Twitter, um, including... You know, the Carr brothers, for example, some of the nicest humans, most genuine humans on this planet. And the Bible clearly states, thou shalt love my neighbor as thyself. So you didn't love any of your teammates or your coaches or the people who were by your side that whole time. Honestly, that was my tipping point today was watching that video. He must have no friends. Those friends that were video recording him clearly don't know what's best for him. People are giving him bad advice. I used to think, yo, he's the Kanye West of the NFL. Now I think Kanye West is sane compared to him. Seriously. He kind of seems like he may be bipolar. And if he is, I really hope he gets some help because that's nothing to play with. Nothing to play with at all. It's a serious matter, but... Everybody's saying he's fine. The people around him, his agent, they're saying he's fine. I don't know if I believe it. How do you, I want to be a Raider so bad. I'm so excited to get the season started, excited about Monday Night Football. Then the next day, release me, Raiders. How do you get to that point? I don't understand this guy. I don't know what he's looking for. I hope he finds it. And honestly, I actually feel really bad for Derek Carr because he made sure when AB became a Raider that he welcomed him with open arms He welcomed him into his home, invited him to his son's birthday party, you know, made sure he knew the family so he could be family with them. You know, I remember the first video we saw, I love you, brother, you know, what? And Derek Carr tried to call him multiple times throughout the week and he wouldn't answer DC's phone call. Sounds familiar, right? Big Ben said he called you multiple times and you wouldn't answer his phone calls. 
man. And James and I defended you and blamed Big Ben for the fallout in Pittsburgh. And we were wrong. Clearly. Well, speaking of phone calls, one phone call I will not be ignoring is the phone call from my guy, James Jones. So he is joining us right now. Let me bring him in. Now it's time to bring in the co-host of Keeping It 300, my good friend, James Jones and JJ. When all this craziness was going down, my phone was blowing up. I'm sure your phone was blowing up. I did not think this was real life. So I have to ask you, describe what was going through your mind throughout today's events. That obviously led to the Raiders releasing AB and now AB as a New England Patriot. Oh my goodness. I, I, I keep saying in my head that this is the craziest thing that I've ever seen. This is the craziest thing that I've ever seen. I've never seen anyone sign the biggest contract, highest paid receiver until Michael Thomas signed, until Julio signed, and never play a down for the team that he signed with. And it's just, it's really just mind boggling because I'm like, what in the world went on? What in the world happened? I mean, we all know what we've seen from AB and all that type of stuff and his Instagram stories and his YouTube stories and his Twitter rants and all that. But what happened inside this building to make him do all this stuff? What happened inside the building to make him want not want to be an Oakland Raider? You're in a great situation with a great young team, with a great young quarterback, with a lot of money. Like what made all this come? What made all this happen, man? And then I sat back and think, like, this dude just signed with the New England Patriots. And I'm thinking in my head that Bill Belichick is a genius. Like, they always tell us anybody can do anything once. And Bill Belichick is a genius. You just drafted a number one draft pick in Nikhil Harry. And I know he sidelined for a little bit with an ankle. You signed Demarius Thomas. You bring back Josh Gordon. You have Julian Edelman. You had another, another third, fourth round pick that came out here balling. And you like, F all that. <laughs> I'm getting that Tony Brown. This dude is on the streets and wanting to be signed. I've played against him millions of times. We are measured by how many Super Bowls we win. Mm -hmm. Not how many stats we all that. Well, the first thing they go to is, did he win a Super Bowl? And we are measured by how many Super Bowls we win. And Bill Belichick is willing to do anything possible to win a Super Bowl. And it's just crazy that he brought Antonio Brown over there and has an opportunity to go win another one. But for AB, man, I could keep on talking about it. Man, to me, you totally, totally, totally let your teammates down. Facts. And I don't know the Facts. whole ins and outs of the story. I don't know the ins and outs of the story. I just know, as me being one of your teammates, and every time I come up to the podium, they say, what's going on with AB? Man, listen, AB is part of our team. We love AB. He a heck of a teammate, man. We want him to be here. And when he is in the building, we are going to go to work. We love the kid. Nobody works harder than him. Everybody had your back. And this is how you repay us, man. And to me, that's disrespectful by AB. Yep. Because your teammates and your coaches been riding for you since day one. And this is what you leave them with, man. And at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, man, we all want you to be happy. We all want you to be you know, where you want to be. I mean, that that's life. I mean, you root for people. But at the same time, we've had your back over here. You could have easily told us as teammates, if you don't want to be here, 
don't be here, man. You could have told us that. You know what I mean? Exactly. But this right here, the way he handled the whole situation to me, you know, and the, and the most disrespectful thing to me is the video that he played when he signed with the Patriots. To me, that's disrespectful I to your teammates that. because these dudes been riding for you day in and day out. And we understand you know, that you're happy to land back on your feet and all that type stuff. But, man, you just came in our building, apologized to us. We had the captain stand up behind you. We on your yes. side. And now this, like, I mean, to me, that, that that's just disrespectful to his teammates, man. But, you know, it's just a crazy business. But that's just my two cents in on it. We could talk about this for 17 more podcasts, Alan. Uh, <laughs> but, Seriously. Well, yeah, I don't think Raider Nation wants to hear Antonio Brown's name ever again after no, this. but it's just, it's, it's just wild, man. Do you think it's going to work out uh, in New England? And I talked about this before you came on, about how you always want respect, right? You always ask for respect in yeah. the National Football League and that there's no way you can't respect Bill Belichick and you can't respect Tom Brady. I think it's going to be a zero-tolerance policy. You think he's going to get whipped into shape and, you know, he's going to become a model citizen, a model player? Well, the only thing why I say yes is because I promise you, A.B. don't, AB don't have, to me, in my humble opinion, don't have a lot of guys in his corner that's kind of like, bro, you're doing the wrong things. To me, he has a lot of do-boys. You know what I mean? Like, yes, man. You know, just there to kind of be like, oh, yeah, F the Raiders because he's taking care of them or giving them money or whatever he's doing. But for me, I know it, it has to be one dude in his corner, and I'm hoping this Rosenhaus' agent, like, dude, if you go over here to New England, after what you did over here in Oakland and you go over here to New England and you act a fool and you disrespect Belichick and you make it and you get released or you get cut because of your attitude over here, that's it for you, buddy. I promise you. Like I don't care how good of a player you are. I don't care what you've done in this league. If you disrespect two organizations like you did right now and you already got the and you already got, you know, your rap for Pittsburgh, no one else is gonna put hands on you. As good as you may think you are, this is your last chance to kind of show the world I'm this guy. And for everybody to say, okay, Bill Belichick got him right. Yeah. And if you don't do that, you he probably won't play in this league. Again. Yeah, he's a lost cause if he does that. Now, last thing, yeah. I know you got to go. Me and you were talking um, earlier today, and a lot of people have brought up the mental health aspect of this. You can't even really wrap your mind around what he has done and – I really think that he has to have some type of mental health issue to do what he does. And if he doesn't, then that just means he's selfish and immature, period. You know, you know, I am worried about him in that aspect of it. And, and this is just me talking, talking, you know, as a friend of Antonio Brown, you know what I mean? And me being around him and talking to him and understanding how much of a great dude like this dude really is. Like, I, I really do agree with Coach Gruden when he says, man, you're misunderstood. Like, you are a great dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of the stuff you're doing off the field is showing people otherwise, but the people who know you and the people who have talked to you, teammates, who, like, you're a good dude. You know what I'm saying? And to me, when you come in one morning and you're a good dude and you come in the next morning and they're like, who is this dude? You know what I mean? To me, that's kind of like, as a friend, I'm worried about you. You know what I mean? I kind of want you to get the right help if it's something on that level, man. So, you know, if I was his agent or anybody close to him, I would talk to him. Hey, are you good, bro? Are you okay? Mm -hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? What's going on? Talk to me. Are you are you cool? Like, is, is this something mentally going on? I mean, is your family stressing you out? Like, what's going on making you, you know, kind of react and do these certain things? But we'll never know. Mm-hmm. We'll never know. And Drew Rosenhaus said, no, he's good. He's good. So, yeah. you know, you want to believe that, but at the same time, you don't want to believe it because as a Raider fan, you want an excuse to be like, okay, this guy just had mental health issues. You know, this is not Randy Moss 2.0, but it really is feeling like Randy Moss 2.0. But the difference is Randy Moss actually played for the Raiders, Antonio Brown didn't play a single snap. All right, JJ, well, thanks for your time. We appreciate you. Thanks for keeping it 300. All right, I'll let you. Okay, bye-bye. So as always, some good stuff from JJ. I think we both kind of feel the same way, and I think it's safe to say that in all, we're just very disappointed how it all played out. I think all of Raider Nation is. It's not fair to you guys, but also at the end of the day, it's just football. And I know some of you are going to say, it's not just football, (laughs) but yes, it is. Everybody has their own personal issues, tons of things going on in their life, more important things going on in their life than a really good player being cut from your football team. But if this was the most dramatic thing and most devastating thing to happen in your life, then you have a pretty darn good life. Now, obviously, the Raiders... Can't replace Antonio Brown. Can't replace his talent, right? We've said multiple times he elevates all the players around him, both on offense and defense. That's how it was this offseason. However, they've been practicing without him. They're used to practicing and playing without him. You know, they didn't play with him the whole preseason. He didn't participate in training camp. David Carr actually said uh, he spoke to Derek and practices actually go better when he's not on the field. Maybe some of that has to do with the distractions, because I don't think they said that, you know, this offseason. But since all the drama at the start of training camp, maybe that really was the feeling, you know, amongst the players. I don't know. Obviously, if you're a player, you want the best players on the field uh, to have success because this is a production business, but they had no choice but to let him go. They had no choice. Now, the reality is you can't replace an Antonio Brown. You can't. Okay? He's one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the National Football League, right? I will say he's the most consistent receiver in the National Football League, and that is fact, based on the production in the last, what, six years? So there really isn't a way to fill that void. Now, the Raiders did try to fill that void, (laughs) actually. Check this out. So the Raiders reached out to Keelan Doss, or the Jaguars, actually. So Alameda native, y'all know him, unrestricted free agent. I really thought that he should have made the roster, but it was a numbers game and he didn't make it, right? And so he ended up with the Jags practice squad. So after the A-B drama, the Raiders reached out to Keelan Doss. Guess what happened? Guess what Jacksonville did? They were like, nah. mm -mm." So Keelan, how about this? We're going to give you more money. Now, even though you're on the practice squad, we will pay you a full salary as if you're on the roster. Yeah, we're going to pay you the rookie minimum, (laughs) $495,000 on the practice squad, bro. Man, if I was a practice squad player, I'd be hecka salty. Like, hey, that ain't fair. But they wanted to keep him. Uh, Keelan obviously took the deal. 
I was surprised and then also not surprised that he took the deal because obviously he was a little salty that the Raiders cut him and he didn't make their 53-man roster. But look, this was a chance to make a roster and actually have a chance to play. I mean, he could have easily worked his way up the death chart, especially with Antonio Brown no longer there. You know, I feel like he had a shot to get significant playing time. But he was like, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to chill here on the practice squad in Jacksonville and make $495,000. I'm good. Thanks, but no thanks, Raiders. Now, look, maybe he feels it's a better fit there. Maybe he likes Jacksonville. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to play at home. But I find that hard to believe. I think if he really is salty that he should have just swallowed his pride, you know, and come play for his hometown team. I know his family would love it. I know his mom would love it. But again, maybe he thinks... It's just a better fit in Jacksonville, which still doesn't make any sense because he's going to stay on the practice squad. Anyways, it's his life, not mine. Although, as a Raider fan, I wish he would reconsider (laughs) uh, and play for the silver and black. But look, the Raiders still have a talented receiving core in Tyrell Williams, Hunter Renfro, Ryan Grant, J.J. Nelson, and... This roster, bottom line, is much more talented than it was a year ago, with or without Antonio Brown, okay? So regardless of what's going on right now and all of the things that have happened and transpired over the last six months, and especially the last week, there is still football that needs to be played. A lot of football. The coaches know that. The players know that. And I think now that this is officially, officially behind them, now that all this A-B drama is officially behind them, they're going to be able to move on and not look back. And I'm hoping that I can do the same. So the reason why I say that, um, and again, I said this was kind of like a therapy session for me, and hopefully it is for you. I'm one of those what-if people. What if Derek Carr didn't break his leg in 2016? How far could the Raiders have gone? Or how about this one? What if they didn't have that stupid tuck rule and it really was a fumble? Would the Raiders have won the Super Bowl that year? Man, what if? And now I'm sitting here thinking, how different would the season be? What if Antonio Brown didn't have all this drama? How would the Raiders season look? But guess what? We can't live in a world of what ifs. We can't dwell on the past. We have to take what is handed to us and roll with it. So that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I hope you guys do as well. So cheers to the 2019 season. Monday Night Football. It's going down. Raiders, Broncos in Oakland. So the next time we chat, our next podcast, hopefully we are going to be discussing a Raiders win. And a win without Antonio Brown. And I'll leave you with that. Thanks for listening to Keeping It 300. Till next time, I'm Fallon, and I'm out.